When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Analyst at the Cricket World Cup. And by the way, this week's podcast is brought to you in association with Cricket 19, the official video game of the Ashes, which of course is coming up later in the summer. For more information on this fabulous game and to purchase it, please visit amazon.co.uk. Now, this is the first of our look-aheads to the Cricket World Cup for real. In other words, it sort of started and England have drubbed Afghanistan today, uh, a real kind of men against boys kind of performance. And watching it is one of my best friends in cricket. And uh, a man who, well, probably thinks he's a good commentator anyway. Uh, Ian Smith, the former New Zealand wicketkeeper, of course, on Channel 4 for years as well. And you host rugby, actually, as well as cricket in mm. back in your home country. Good to have you. But what about, uh, what about England? You're quite impressed with them. For a guy who's often been quite cynical about England, this time... You're, uh, you're quite impressed, aren't Well, you're you? right, because a few years back I did have a bit of a crack at English cricket when I was working for Channel 4. I, th- I thought that you probably wouldn't win the Ashes for quite some time, and, and that proved to be right. Um, but now, um, really, I guess, since their poor performance at the last World Cup, where England were, were not up to scratch, their ability to turn it round under the leadership of uh, Owen Morgan and the style of cricket that they play, which I think began when New Zealand were here last time. Yeah. And there was a really massive, high-scoring series. I think uh, England was 400 at Edgebaston. Uh, and they've just changed uh, their approach. And I believe uh, that Owen Morgan and Brendan McCullum are close friends. So, In fact, I think Brendan McCullum spoke at yeah. Owen Morgan's wedding. Yeah, I think you're right. And they're that close, so they've got interest in horses and, and all sorts of things. So, And clearly they've talked a little bit about the strategy of one-day cricket, and it's rubbed off because Owen Morgan has brought a, a style of captaincy, a style of aggressive captaincy that McCullum sort of, I think, invented a wee bit back in, in 2015. That style was based around the fact never let a ball go by which is wasted. And Brendan McCullum's mind, every time he had a bowler running in, he wanted to get a wicket, and every time a bowler was running in at one of his batsmen, he wanted it to go for four, or runs at least. So that attitude filtered through, and it worked for New Zealand. And quite clearly, a similar attitude has come into English cricket. But you've got to have the firepower to back that theory up. It's all very well to say this is how we're going to play, but England have got an amazingly powerful side, which I think have uh, almost got no faults and and I think if they get it right throughout this tournament uh, I think they win there you go it's it's typical of a of a Kiwi to still try and claim Mm. credit for for England's resurgence but I I totally take your point actually and I remember talking to Brendan McCullum on that very tour 2015 just after England's disastrous performance in the the World Cup and of course New Zealand getting to the to the final and and not being able to get over the line but um, I remember talking to McCullum and him saying he wanted to bring through uh, the idea that when you open the curtains in the morning and you look out 
it's a sunny day and you're going to play cricket. Mm. And that's the feeling he had as a kid, or you know, even, as, mm. even as a teenager. And he wanted to sort of bring that spirit to the game, even to the international game. Yeah. And he sort of achieved it, and it did rub off on England. I, I, look, the slogan under Brendan McCullum was dare to dream. New Zealand had never won the World Cup. They'd never made a final. Uh, but they had it at home. They, had, they felt like they, at that stage they had a, quite a powerful side in a lot of departments. But they still weren't confident of getting as far as they did. But the, the, the theme was dare to dream. Brendan McCullum, dare to dream. Dream with us. And I think there's a little bit about that with England as well. You've never won it. I mean, mm. you've been to three finals. You've never won it, and it's been a long time since you've been serious contenders. So uh, there's an element of dare to dream about this from England's point of view, I believe. Now, let's just look uh, a little bit sort of on a parallel line, in a way, something you know very intimately about, the All Blacks, who frequently come into tournaments as the favourites and invariably win those tournaments. I mean, World Cup winners and so on in rugby. There's a way they deal, or probably a number of ways, in which they deal with handling that pressure. What is it, and could England learn from that? I think one of the things you've got to be, and I was lucky enough to to follow um, New Zealand's campaign throughout the UK when they won the World Cup four years ago, and I only focused on all-black games, which gave me a lot of time to sit back, and we stayed in a lot of the same hotels. And what I saw about the all-blacks was uh, a very inward-looking bunch of men within their structures. They didn't go outside the square too much. They knew what their roles were. Uh, They knew that um, they had a side to win it if they followed those particular roles that they'd set out for themselves. So I believe um, that's what England have got to do. There is a similarity, there is a parallel, because you know you've got the firepower to win it. Your biggest problem, I think, is is you're playing at home. It's an advantage, but it can also be a disadvantage because the levels of pressure upon you to come up with the goods, this England side probably have not experienced before. Sure, they've been a good side away from home, but this is massive for them. And for each of them in their own individual careers, this might be the last chance saloon, a lot of them, with a power pack side like they've got. So they've got this pressure of having to deliver. And I don't know if you can put... uh, You can't put a dollar price on that or a pound price on that, but what kind of price can you put on it? The ability to handle it certainly is a very, very valuable commodity. And that's why I say the All Blacks were very inward-looking and they made sure that everything they did was within their group, whether they train, whether they play, whether they mix socially, whatever. They kept it just for that six, seven-week period of your life. You've got to do that. And I suppose, in a way, that's why a decision like releasing Alex Hales mm-hmm. from the group was important because it, it, it emphasised the importance of being a team and mm-hmm. working for each other and so on. Is another sport that, again, is close to your heart and uh, a sportsman who dealt with pressure in a particular way, Tiger Woods. Mm. Uh, I remember hearing a story from, actually, from J- Justin Rose, who played with Tiger in a, a final round of a tournament, and he said Woods, who was leading that particular tournament, came to the tournament uh, on the last day and was incredibly relaxed mm. and didn't put himself under too much pressure. What he said was allowed the round to come to him mm. and then gradually, as he got closer to winning that last final round and, and therefore the tournament, he, he really sort of focused mm. and he narrowed his whole approach. But for the first half of it, 
you know, he was able to relax. And I suppose if you put yourself under too much pressure, you get too tense, mm. and then you aren't allowing your natural ability to flow. Yeah, that's, that's so you've got to get a balance there. That, that's external, you know, that, that's that's external. But you can control external, as I said, by, by making sure that as a unit you're, you're looking at each other inside rather than outside. And I think there's. There's a bit to, to, to be said about that. I like that England are playing South Africa. A lot of people will say, gee, that's a dangerous first game. I think it's a terrific first game for England. It would have been worse if they'd have struck Afghanistan in this kind of mood today because whilst they would have won comfortably, would they have felt like the tournament had started? Would they have felt like they've achieved anything? And I think they'll find that having a very strong and tough and gritty, give-nothing-away opponent like South Africa, which will challenge them and challenge them very, very hard, uh, I think if they come out on top of that, they'll feel as if they've really got this tournament underway. I think it's a good draw. I really do. Packed house here at the Oval, fantastic. And who do you pick out from, from England? I mean, we've seen a sort of demolition job today by the batsmen, mm. but who do you like from, from England in particular who you think is going to possibly shape their destiny? Yeah, well, look, I, I, I think the batting unit, which goes so deep, is, is, is crucial to them because if they want to play that way... you. You're going to have guys that are going to fail, but you've got enough depth that you can carry the fight for, for longer than most sides. So I think that's important. Uh, so you're talking, you know, Butler, Murray yeah. Alley, Chris Woke down the order. They will be crucial because there will be times when when Root and Bearstow and Roy fail. I mean, that is cricket. There will be a pitch that they come upon or it might swing against somebody. They'll nick a couple and all of a sudden, instead of being, you know, none for 60 off eight, they could be three for 35. And that means you're going to have to rebuild. But you can. England have got the strength and the depth to do that. A lot of people think, um, you know, scoring 350 will be a necessity. And it will, I think, on two or three occasions, a side will have to score either setting up 350 or chasing 350, which in days gone by was a dream. It's not now. It's a reality. So I believe England have got the firepower to do that. I'm not saying you're going to have to score 200 or 350 to win the World Cup final because there's a different kind of pressure coming in on a one-off occasion like that. 250 might be enough because that kind of pressure breeds mistakes. Uh, look, I, I think that they're best placed because at the end of the day, cricket's always been about who scored the most runs, to be fair, and I, I think they look um, best equipped across the board to do that. And they have got a, um, they've got a well-balanced bowling attack. You know, you've know, you got a, a very good leg spinner. You've got a right-arm off spinner. You, you, you've, you've got a, a pace attack that can use the new ball well. And Archie, you've got some genuine firepower. The balance looks absolutely ideal. And I know I'm heaping so much pressure and so much favouritism on them, but I just look across the board and I think that they have got the firepower and the balance to do it. Having said that, they've never won it before. Australia know how to win World Cups, and now that they're regalvanising, for better or for worse, they've got those two guys back that were, you know, were ostracised, and so they should have been. But they're back, um, and they know how to win. It's a, and that's a hell of an asset. What about your own country, just briefly? I know they're sort of ten to one. They're outsiders. Mm. They could get to the semi-finals. I think it's the hardest thing making the playoffs. Uh, I love the format. There's no pool of death. There's no easy pool. The only thing that might upset you, you could have a bad run with the weather. You could get a week where a couple of games that you thought you might win, uh, you don't, you're deprived of points. That could happen, but that's cricket. We play it outside, and so so be it. Uh, but all going to plan, um, I think getting to the last four, and then it's on the day. And you and I both know, and even people listening to this will know that 
when it comes down to a one-off opportunity rather than the course of a whole competition, the rules change and you get one crack at the, one crack of the whip. So uh, look, I, I think getting there might be the issue. I, I think England, um, Australia and India, I think are pretty much a shot's eye. I think there's four or five sides looking for spot number four. Um, and that, that will be the hard place to fill. New Zealand's got a well-balanced side too. I mean, you know, they, there's a great saying in sport, you've got to lose a final before you know how to win one. Well, they lost the last World Cup final and a lot of those personnel are back. Um, and no McCullum, no Vittori, two senior players, no Grant Elliott, the magician. That, they're, they're not here, sure, but they still have a nucleus and Salvian Bolt. And they've uh, just beaten India as And well. they've just fixed up India very comfortably I know it's a warm-up game. It was, it was, but, you know... You, you can only play what's in front of you, and they completely outplayed India that day. They they looked more interested, and they played that way as well. So, uh, so they've got uh, the key players for me: Southie and Bolt. If the ball swings, big asset. Top of the order, Guptill, who plays very, very well in England. I mean, you and I've both seen him score real big runs over here. Uh, he's a he's a real trump card. And then you've got your Williamson Taylor factor, which is the experience. Hmm. Outside of that, you have a side which, um, to be fair, three or four of those guys. On form, I quite like Mitchell Sandler yeah, as a cricketer. Actually, he's a not a bad cricketer, but to me, he's he's not a he hasn't stood up and said I want to own a game yet. He can do both bowl actually, and bat. I, I saw well. him uh, win yeah. an IPL game. Actually, yeah. he hit a six off the last ball off Ben Stokes. And I yeah. know you're going to go well. It was only IPL, but yeah. there was a bit of pressure there. Yeah. But but I take your point. And um, are you you're here commentating? Obviously, yeah. are you commentating on the final? Don't know. I, I think I I'm suppose here. You, you will if New Zealand. I, yeah, are here. if New Zealand are here, I, I, I would imagine I'd be there. But if, if not, I mean, there's three Kiwis over here. We've got yeah. uh, myself and Simon Dole and, uh, and and Baz. Aforementioned McCullum. Baz yes. Brendan McCullum is here, uh, who's not done a lot of commentary, but of course his knowledge of how to play this game and how to uh, how to make it work uh, will be invaluable on the commentary box. So, um, who, look, who knows? I think it's my fifth World Cup in terms of commentary, and I played in three. So. That's eight. Well, yeah, it's 30, can't get rid of you. It's 32 years of your life. You'd think you'd find something else to do, wouldn't you? <laughs> uh, and who are you actually looking forward to commentating with the most? Well, look, you know, it's a changing world. I, I look at that commentary team that they've assembled, and I'm the second eldest. My God. Um, thank God for Mikey Holding. <laughs> That's all I can say. Uh, so Mikey and me are the senior, status, senior statesman, I guess, and then, um, of course, Mark Nicholas is in the group. Love working with Mark. Um, very professional. You and Athers have a sort of bit Athers, of a love-hate, don't you? Atherton and um, Hussain Nasser, and I, yeah, yeah. I, I call him Beaky for uh, Hussain, oh, obviously, and Atherton's got the body of a 930-year-old, so he's creaky. So Beaky <laughs> and Creaky and, and me, and they call the... Sneaky? The, no, they call, me, sneaky? They, they call me the incredibly, incredibly wide third man. <laughs> So we have that uh, rapport that we have, but hey, look, it's, it's 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 like a reunion when you come to a World Cup. As much as it is for players, it is for commentators as well. And there's uh, there's a women's influence that I haven't worked with, um, in, in terms of uh, Mel Jones and Alison Mitchell and and uh, Ishigawa. So uh, that's cool, and and the world of commentary is changing in that regard in all sports, uh, which is fine. Um, and, and and then of course you've got your Ramis, Rajas, and your. Was he Macram? Was he Macram? Was he Macram? Michael Slater's and your Michael Clark's, and yeah. they'll be under pressure, of course. Um, hey, look, it's just fantastic. Um, Sean Pollock, Graham mm. Smith, great, yeah, yeah, terrific players and great blokes. And and uh, you know what it's like in a commentary box. You have a, you, you form a great rapport over the years, and it's it is. It's just it's, it's social, but come the game day, just like the players, it's business. Well, I hope it's not your last, actually, because we'll we'll miss you anyway. So. Uh, thanks for your time mm. today. One last tip. 
for the winners? Yeah, look, uh, hey, look, um, if someone said to me, here's 100 quid, I'll put 90 on England and 10 on New Zealand. Yeah, you, you can't, he can't ever get away from a commentary stint or uh, a podcast without mentioning his favourite country, of course. Anyway, I appreciate your time and your thoughts, and it's great to have you here. I have to kind of say that to your face, well, I suppose. To me, coming from the man who put the anal into analyst. Yeah. It's a real I'm, I'm proud of it. Yeah. I'm proud of it. Anyway, thank you very much for listening. Of course, it's England against South Africa here at the Kier Oval on the 30th, this Thursday. We'll see then if England can deliver on all this potential. Podcast Network.